you've been married for any significant amount of time, you know that it's true. Marriage is hard, but you might not know why. Join us as we get honest about three main reasons why virtually everyone's marriage is hard and what to do about it. You're listening to Honest Women, the podcast for every woman who's trying to juggle the relationships, roles, and responsibilities that come with modern womanhood and finding it all just a little harder than she thought it would be. We're your hosts, Andrea Berkeley and Jessica Hutchison, your new besties who just happen to be therapists. And while we believe that life is hard and there's no tip or trick that will solve that, it does get just a little bit easier when we can be real with each other and talk about it honestly. You're listening to Honest Women. Hey, Jess. Hey. So remember how last week we were talking about happily ever after? <laughs> well, yes, we were. Yes, we were. We were we were talking all things happily ever after. But- we, we were. And if you haven't listened to that episode, you should definitely listen to that episode. You don't have to stop this one. Just go back at some point because it's, it's good. good. It's good. I think it's pretty good. Right? Yeah. yeah, I think it's good. Um, today we're going to talk about not that. We're going to talk about <laughs> We're going to talk about why you're not living your happily ever after. Yeah, or we're just going to talk about the fact that okay, so I don't know that I've ever worked with an individual who's married where their marriage doesn't come up as a topic in therapy. I agree. The only time it doesn't come up is if the person's not married. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but then the relationships they're in or whatnot come up, 100%. right? 100%. If mm-hmm. you're married, if you're dating, whatever, listen, these intimate partnerships come up every single day. And every single day, every single person thinks that they're the only ones that struggle in their marriages. Yeah, it's true. It's just bananas because everyone struggles in their marriages for many, many reasons, but we thought we should break down three main reasons why your marriage is probably hard because I think this will help people to understand that, yeah, no, it's not just you and we can at least take off that hard part so that we can engage with the fact that marriage is hard and try to work on making it better. Marriage is hard. Yeah. So- I think that the first reason that marriage is hard is because you have an ever-increasing amount of responsibility from the day that you get married until today. You probably started with not much on your plate, maybe a couple of jobs, maybe an apartment. You know, Then you get a house, then you get a dog, then you have some kids, then everything else that life throws at you. So you're carrying too much. You don't have enough help. And if you're not 100% convinced on that yet, please go back and listen to episode number three, Honey, I Lost My Village. (laughs) I think that this Mm -hmm. is pretty universal. Very much so. So there's like just way, 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 way too much stress and no space in your life for any sort of healthy relationship with yourself or with any other person. I was recently talking with a couple about both partners just being exhausted at the end of the day, just from life, from the day in and day out, that is life, leaving little to no time to connect with one another. And I very honestly looked at them and said, I got to be honest, I don't know what the answer is right now, because we have to address the problem first of having so much on our plate. A hundred percent. 
I think generally we are in a state of chronic burnout. This is exhaustion that goes beyond I'm tired because I didn't sleep well last night. So that's a problem for a lot of people. This is day in, day out. I'm always running at 100,000 miles an hour. I've always got so much on my mind. I've always got more to do than I can get done. I never get to the end of the day feeling like I can rest. And for a lot of women, there's no space for me as a human. So this is a big challenge for the women that I work with. And it was for a long time a challenge in my own life. We only have so much time and so much energy to give. And somehow we end up in this really upside down world where we give everything to the children or to family stuff, and then maybe something to the marriage, and then maybe after that something to us. We we just never get to us. We're lucky if we get to the marriage. Yeah. (laughs) We truly are. Yes. Which is why marriage is hard. We don't have time on our own. We don't have downtime. When we look at responsibility and the longevity of those responsibilities on a day-to-day basis, that has changed. And one way I see it change is that nine-to-five job where you clock in and you clock out is gone. Mm -hmm. There is no end. I explained this to my mom and my stepdad one time when they were, you know, saying, well, my day, you know, what I actually say now too, I find myself saying, but Mm -hmm. I looked at him and he said, but it was different. There was a dinner time, like Mm -hmm. 630 in our house was dinner time. And there was no phone calls. And if you got a phone call at your home that was work-related, it was an emergency. It wasn't just to ask a question. There was no emails going off. This constant connection with jobs for men and women, Mm -hmm. it's intensified how much we are needed by other people and other things in life. Yes. The demands on us are so great from work. And then the demands on us as parents are so great. I don't think our parents did this travel sports shit that we have to do when our kids are teeny tiny. Mine did not. No, I don't remember this. I didn't even know if it was an option. I don't think it was. Or we were just unathletic, Jess. That's another possibility. <laughs> I think it, it's so financial. We totally. just couldn't have afforded to totally. do the travel sports. So yes. I didn't know about it. Yes. But even beyond the sports, it's the demands that our kids' school have have gone up. The fact that there's just so much work that they're supposed to be doing, I there's just it's just so much. And then we have this hyper-intensive parenting that we think that we're supposed to be doing and thinking we're supposed to make fancy meals from scratch and thinking we're supposed to, you know, there's just a lot. So I feel like the demands from work, the demands at home, they're so great. And I do think that as women, we tend to answer the demands first and never get to the part where, you know, we would have a hobby or we would have downtime. You feel like you can't sit down and relax. You feel like you can't go out with a friend. So you're just fucking shell of a human. Which is why burnout we see in women, predominantly in women, because women don't even stop. It's just do, 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 do. I got to do this. I got to do this. I got to get this done. I got to do this. So when we talk about that end of the day, It is not even about energy from a I don't want to perspective. Mm -hmm. It's 
All those things that make a human body operate throughout the day are on empty. And we're asking a car to run without any gas in the tank. It is impossible to do. Especially if we leave our time for rest or for connection to the end of the day. So for women, I think a lot of times it's pushing way past bedtime. You're cleaning up the kitchen and then maybe you stop and maybe that's when you sit down or you watch TV or you scroll your phone and now it's too late or that's when you're supposed to talk sweetly to your husband. Hard no over here. He's supposed to talk sweetly to you. Oh yeah. I'm super crabby after like 830. 100%. I'm done. You know, and that's when someone's given someone the eye, you know, the wink, wink eye. And oh yeah, hey, and you're like, hey, <laughs> hey, girl, you're like, I, I'm done. You're like, who's done. a jokester today? A hundred percent. So I think what happens is that you know you start out and you're like dating. Oh, it's so sweet, you know, and you like each other, and then you add a little more responsibility. Like maybe you get married, maybe you share some bills, maybe you have some jobs, maybe you have a house, and then you add some more, and then you add some more, and then you get to this point where your life is totally unmanageable. You're burnt out all the time. And you know what happens? If I'm burnt out and the two of us are supposed to be rowing this boat together, I look at you and I'm like, what the fuck? If I'm burnt out, it must mean that you're not rowing the boat Mm -hmm. hard enough Mm -hmm. or fast enough or as much as I am. And honestly, I think what's happening is that we've got the work of three or four or five or six or seven people that two people are trying to manage. Yeah, I think of this big boat where you have an entire crew that makes the sailboat go. And Mm -hmm. we have two people on this gigantic sailboat trying to get it through the ocean. Right. And we're wondering why it's not working. Right. (laughs) Like, why can't we just sail the boat? (laughs) Yes. So I think the answer here is, or some of the answer is, we need time for ourselves. We need space for ourselves as women. We need to get better about taking it. Listen, it will never be given to you. We need to say, hmm, that's not happening today and I'm going to rest. And I will readily admit that that's hard to do because every time I stop moving, my life falls further into chaos because of all we have to manage. It actually makes it harder often when you stop, right? Yeah. There isn't really an answer here, except that I know the needs are not being met, the need for individual time, and then the need to connect. And so this is where like women are going to hear this and think, oh, great. Now I have to plan a date night. I knew we were like, oh, they're going to think it's another thing on their to-do list. And it is. Kind of is. It is. You do have to have some time together for the two of you if you're going to like each other. Even if you're just going to like each other for those two hours that you're on a date. If you don't have that time, you're just two people rowing a sinking ship and Shocker, you're not feeling real happy with one another. And I know that, I know as I'm saying this, that there is tremendous privilege in being able to go out or go away. And I acknowledge that. And it doesn't make it less effective. (laughs) Does that make sense? My EFT couples therapist brain is like, I can't believe you're talking about a date night. (laughs) Hey, listen. There are as I just I feel like I'm going, I know I'm like oh my god I'm laughing so hard at you talking about a date night yeah I know and it you know honest to God it kind of pisses me off too I think that there were many seasons of my life where I was like what we are dealing with cannot be fixed with a date night yes a hundred percent and date night is like watering 
the garden. You're just trying to make sure it doesn't die all the way. Well, here's the thing with date nights. Date nights can be difficult if you are in a season of your marriage where there's a lot of disconnection. Mm-hmm. Date nights can be two hours of fighting and drinking too much, right? which is really, really bad when you're disconnected as a couple. Alcohol right. is gasoline on a fire. Because mm-hmm. now you're going to know how I feel. <laughs> date nights are bad. Date nights can be problematic if you're in a season of your marriage of disconnection. Right. And we'll have to get to that pattern because it's such a vital part. But I do want to say that what I notice is our day-to-day life is so hard. We have so much responsibility. We are so stressed, so burnt out that I swear to you, I feel like I don't even see my husband. Oh, two ships in the night. He's there, but I don't see him as a human. So we do get away usually once a year. That's great. Yeah, I know. It's become a thing. You know, God bless it for the grandparents who will step up in our life and they watch our kids for a few days and we couldn't do without them. So thank you, Gigi and Papa, for letting us go to ACL. I really appreciate that. That's amazing. No pressure. No pressure. So we will go on a trip or we'll go away for a day or two. And I swear, it's like, I feel like, oh, my boyfriend's here. You know, I like you. It takes like a half an hour after we leave the house and I look over. I was going to say that you guys can shift that fast. Yeah. I feel like it takes me a solid day. I, I Maybe think that's we, why we, I think we, we have to go on like a solid week trip. Yeah. No. Oh, a night or two. I don't think, I think we would stay in our home mode yeah. and talk logistics and budgets and finances and all those icky things. Yeah. So I'm impressed. That's awesome. You can let it go so quick. It, I, you know, we have fu- a fun thing to do. We're going to a different place, like a place that we know. We have activities that we're going to do. That helps to shift. And I just feel like, man, it feels so good to look over at my husband and be like, I like you. You are great. That's a concept. I I know. Because day to day, we're just two people in the hull of that damn ship. I mean, truly. I have this very, very strong memory of one of the times we went away and we came back. It, I mean, we had had the best time. And I felt like I could see him. I was like, I like you. I think you like me. Like, we're in a good spot. We walked in the door to our house. It was less than five minutes. And it was gone. It was gone. Oh, yeah. It was yeah, gone. the stress of home life. Mm-hmm. And I remember him looking over at me. He was like, I thought we'd get like at least an hour or two. And I was like, sorry. Sorry. I love that he knows that. He does. Yeah, he does. So, you know... Again, this is not a solution. There isn't an easy answer here. Well, there is no answer. That's the problem. Right. This problem is systemic. Correct. So the first reason that your marriage is hard is you have too much on your shoulders as a couple and you need time alone. You need to be a little less burnt out and you need time together so you like each other. And that's just not happening for most people. And that makes it hard. That's just, that is it. Marriage is hard because our society is now set up to put such immense pressure on each individual that it intensifies the difficulty of marriage. Absolutely. So you kind of hinted at this before, Jess, but the second reason that marriage is hard for everyone is that you both bring your own stuff to the relationship and it impacts how you handle stress. And like we said, life is stress. The lives we live right now in 2023 and beyond are just stress. 
So Jess and I, like we've referenced a few hundred times in this episode, have both taken intensive training in emotionally focused therapy for couples. And one of the things that was so revolutionary to me about this method is that they describe two main positions that people take in a relationship and how those impact one another. So much of the focus going into a marriage is about the future. And Mm -hmm. I truly believe it should be our past because Mm -hmm. what we have in our past, our life experiences, what was modeled for us, Mm -hmm. we bring to our marriage. When we talk about happily ever after, I'm like, no, no, no. Should we talk about like- Where'd you come from? All the crap that happened in your past that's going to totally screw up your marriage and make it really hard. And even the stuff that was good that happened in your past, that's going to impact how you interact with other people. We all have an attachment history. One of my favorite things with couples is, did you see your parents fight? Mm -hmm. And for some reason, one will say yes, one will say no. Like, okay, Mm -hmm. let's take that one example. If you grew up in a house where you saw your parents fight, Mm -hmm. you are going to say, oh, well, that's what people do. Mm -hmm. Fair fighting, that's part of marriage. Unfair fighting, oh no, we're fighting, this is really, really bad. Other person never saw their parents disagree, argue, bicker, fight, will think anytime there's a moment of conflict, it's bad. Right. Something's wrong with my marriage. Right. And might do anything to shut down the conflict, including very mean things. (laughs) Because that's what we're programmed to do to keep ourselves safe and protected. Absolutely. No matter what your family of origin was like you have learned how to be connected to other people. And if you're like a huge majority of couples, one of you learned to connect this way and one of you learned to connect that way. And guess what? When you're stressed, you fall into the pattern that you know. And when the pattern that you know is not familiar to your partner, you're probably going to cause them some stress. And then when they're stressed, they're going to do things that cause you stress. And then everyone ends up disconnected and sad. So the way that I describe this to people is that people either tend to lean in and move towards their partner when there's stress or distress, or they tend to pull back and move away. How do you describe it? Very similar. Okay. I will say pursue or withdraw EFT Mm -hmm. lingo, but I will say what that means is one person either comes at or the other person says, go away. Right. I am a pursuer. Me too. (laughs) By nature. I am a pursuer. My husband's by nature a withdrawer. Right. Also, not to stereotype, but I think- Women are particularly pursuers. Yeah, I Yeah, women tend to be pursuers. You know why? Because pursuing, leaning in, moving into distress, needing to seek, it's not just understanding, but connection. It just tends to be more often the woman's position in the dance of marriage. Not always. So we've definitely seen it other ways. Well, I think a lot is because women naturally will try to fix things from an emotional level. Right. And then men naturally will withdraw if they can't fix it because they feel inadequate. I can't fix it. Therefore, I'm inadequate. I'm going to move away. Yeah, that's really good, Jess. I mean, I think that's a really good five-second overview of these positions. But what it might look like is if a pursuing partner is in distress, they can feel some tension, first of all. They felt it. They remember it. And it needs to be resolved between the two. 
And this is when pursuing partner will say, don't you think we should talk about that? Right? (laughs) Passive aggressive. Uh Uh-huh. Or there could be yelling or there could Mm -hmm. be crying or there could be ignoring. Pursuing or or coming at is also criticizing. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Why aren't you doing – no, do it like this. Wait, why did you do it like that? Wait, Mm -hmm. did – you forgot? Why'd you forget? That's Mm -hmm. all that kind of coming at. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I mean, there could be very big calls like, why can't you just see how upset I am? Right. Or there could be pretending that none of this is happening because they've got other things going on, but it just is building a wall between you. And these little day-to-day misses, you remember and feel and there's distance and there's distress and you might not be saying anything, but you are feeling it. Meanwhile, a withdrawing partner, I like to say that it's kind of like, If you're not in open combat right now, everything's fine and everything's always been (laughs) fine and nothing bad ever happened. And we certainly wouldn't talk about it. This is the person who is the king of compartmentalization. The, why do you make such a big deal about things? Why are you so sensitive? Why can't you just be happier? It's not a big deal. Why can't you let it go? That's not nice. No, especially not to somebody who's in a power up. Why can't you Mm -hmm. see what I'm thinking, feeling, Mm -hmm. going through? (laughs) Here's a recipe for disaster. At that same time, then the person comes in and says, it's not a big deal. Right. Oh, it hurts your soul. That's a big bomb dropped in the marriage. Right. And that partner that said, it's not a big deal. You know why? Because if it was a big deal, It would mean that somehow I was screwing things up and that is so scary and so painful to me and so threatening to our marriage that I can't even go there. Bingo. So I'm going to tell you it's not a big deal because then I feel better temporarily until you escalate a little further because that wasn't okay for you. And between the lines of that is that's what I did when I was a kid. Every time I felt unworthy, Every time I felt like I got it wrong or I was messing up with my parents, I would downplay it and act like it wasn't a big deal because it made me feel better and we moved past the moment. A hundred percent. Or my family was a family that, you know, we didn't have conflict. If something was wrong, it was, you have nothing to complain about, or you just need to be more grateful, or you know what? You can go to your room until you are calm. If the key value in your family growing up was peace and calm, then you won't have the ability to handle that in your relationship. And if the key value in the other side was engagement and maybe even fight it out until we know that someone is right or that we're connected, which which is really what it means, right? Then you will not be able to handle it when your partner says it's not a big deal. So you both bring your own stuff to the relationship, And these coping mechanisms come out when life is stressful. Shocker, life is always stressful. And so if you don't understand this about yourself, if you don't understand this about how you interact as a partnership, it will not be easy on a day-to-day basis. Marriage will be hard and that makes sense. That's just how it's going to be. A lot of us didn't go into marriage looking at how our pasts influence our behavior. Mm-hmm. From a standpoint of why do I do the things I do, not from a shame or guilt, but from a, oh, that makes sense. I do this when I feel vulnerable or exposed. I do this to protect myself 
we don't talk about those things going into marriage. Then they just happen. So if I'm a person who shuts down when I feel exposed and my partner interprets that as loss of connection, I messed up, I did something wrong, Mm -hmm. they're likely not going to respect it. Not because they don't respect you, but because they don't understand it. It means something different to them than it means to you. Right. And I would even say, Jess, it's not that people don't do this look back. It's that they don't know. We don't know what we do when we're activated. We have no idea that everyone else is not wired the same way that we are. We have absolutely no insight into that. And so we come into these relationships with other people doing the things that we do and then feeling really deep things and then acting out of that again. We we have no insight. And then we're just left with the sense that something's wrong here, the sense that either my partner doesn't care about me or my partner thinks I am such a failure. And then you're just carrying that around all the time. Or I'm unlovable. Mm. I'm too much. I'm not worthy of love. Mm -hmm. Those are the messages that you're dealing with underneath every single thing that happens in the marriage. This is why the regular day-to-day stuff becomes really a big deal. Because all that's underneath it. Yes, you're playing out this drama. Yeah, you're feeling all of these things and it's like, but no, 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 you still have to go to your job or go to your kid's school or all these things. Life doesn't stop. So you're feeling all of these things underneath while still doing life in this modern world. Right. And we ask, why is marriage hard? Oh Mm -hmm. my goodness. That's one piece of the pie. We are in stress. We're living in our coping mechanisms. We don't know what they are. We don't know where they came from. We can't figure out what's going on. And we are just reactivity upon reactivity. And we tend in those two positions to seek connection in different ways. And I'm just going to drop this bomb right here. It's just going to be a thing I mentioned, and we're not going to get into it because we're going to be out of time. But here you go. Guess what, folks? Some of us, when we feel disconnected, which is you know a lot of the time because we're so stressed, seek connection emotionally. I want to feel loved, right? I want to feel understood. I want to talk. I want you to validate me. I want you to tell me that I am lovable, that I am okay, that I am enough. Right. Right. I want you to see me. I want you to appreciate me. I want to feel all these things. Also, I want to be on the same page as you. I want to agree with you. Big feels, right? And then some of us want to have sex. (laughs) I will argue right here that I think both people want the exact same thing to be loved, appreciated, and valued. One seeks it emotionally through like talking and validation, right? right? That talk and the other one's like, no, I want to have sex. And the sex is attached to their whole need to feel loved, appreciated, valued. Recipe for disaster. I tell couples it's God's cruel joke. I agree with you there. It's not right. It's not right. One thing's for sure. If everyone who comes into my office thinks that they're the only one struggling in marriage in general, that is true tenfold when it comes to sexual relationship inside the marriage. Everyone who comes into my office and brings this up, which is everyone. Literally everybody. I don't know what it is, but everyone's talking about it. 
Everyone's talking about it's it. It's so common that when couples bring it up or somebody brings it up, they're like, so, so there, there's this one other thing and they get all uncomfortable. And I'm like, right. wait, let me guess, sex? We're talking about sex? Right. Like, oh yeah, that's it. I'm like, yeah, yeah. Everybody talks about sex. You're not the only one. It's right. a thing. Right. Let's just make it normal. But there's so much sense that I'm the only one who's struggling with this. And can we just please, please trust us on this? We'll get to a point where we can dive into this subject of emotional connection or physical connection, probably again, many times. We'll get there. But please just for now, can you know that you are not alone? Everybody deals with this. So we'll have to come back to this. Shocker, we did not cover the entirety of marriage. Why marriage is hard. (laughs) In one 30-minute foray into the subject. Sorry, folks. We don't have all the answers. Still trying to figure it out. Still working on that. But to the woman who's listening and is finding that the day-to-day of marriage is just hard, yes, it is. There are no easy answers here, and everyone's situation is different, but we hope that knowing that everyone struggles in their domestic partnerships can remove a little bit of this sense that there's something wrong with you because it's hard. I don't know about you, but I feel like this was one of our most shareable episodes to date. So if you've been listening and nodding along like, yes, that's us, please send this episode to a friend who's married who could use a little bit of that knowledge that it's not just you, it's all of us. Marriage is hard. And if you haven't followed the show already, what are you waiting for? Just hit that follow button in your podcast player and you'll never miss an episode. Do it right now because you definitely don't want to miss what's coming up next. We will be taking on independence. What does that even mean? And should we be aiming for it? Trust, the honest women are about to get spicy. Until next Wednesday, this has been Honest Women.